I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tobacito. I am so happy that you all are joining me today. Um, I have someone very special in the studio today, but before I get to that, I'd like to thank Dr. Julie Linderman. Dr. Julie Linderman is an awesome pediatrician in town, and she is a big fan of The Remedy, and she is the sponsor of this show. So thank you, Dr. Julie Linderman, for your kind contribution and for being a great supporter of what we're doing here at The Remedy. Yes, thank you, Julie. Mm -hmm. Um, If you would like to sponsor an episode of The Remedy, it's super easy. All you have to do is go to tovacito.com, click on on The Remedy first, and then click on Make a Contribution. Super easy. Help us stay alive another week. We would appreciate it. Um, Okay, so today um, I have a fabulous human being, and I know that many of you that are listening today um, are huge fans of the person that's sitting across from me as well. His name is Dr. John Bertrand. Um, I can't even imagine. I feel like all my friends and I talk about how much we love you all the time. I, I don't kn- really know anybody who goes to anybody else. <laughs> for, uh, well, and or in your practice. Your practice is incredibly popular here in Dallas. But you have been my OBGYN for many years. Many, yeah. many, and you were my mom's OBGYN. Uh, you delivered my younger brother, <laughs> who is. That, um, that may be too much information, yeah. <laughs> Tova. I've been here for decades. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, you are an incredibly thank you kind and and you're wonderful. I mean, you're just you're a wonderful, wonderful gift to so many and ever. I mean, I've had plenty of margaritas with girls where we've sat around and talked about how we don't know what we do without you. So, Well, now I know why I came today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've made a difference in my life for sure. And I know that there are so many people, you do not have an easy job. I think you probably have a great job, but it's not always an easy job. So I, I convinced you in my, in my recent annual appointment <laughs> to come in and be on my show to talk about something that I'm personally interested in. Um, so selfishly, um, I, I feel like this is a topic that's going to be relevant to me fairly soon, if not already, and um, is applicable to all women at some point. And so this should be something that every person and I think even men should be interested in because if you're interested in women it would probably be helpful to understand we could probably have another segment on the male menopause too is that tr- a real thing kind of <laughs> menopause is it called menopause yeah let's, let's really rename no. let's call it a menopause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, I'll, I am going to ask about that. In fact, when I was driving here and thinking about this, I thought, I wonder if men go through any sort of some yeah, version men, of men it. Men go, uh, you know, and they get to the mid portion of their life and their testosterone levels go down and things start to change and their emotions change with that. And it's it's a real thing, for more so for some men than others. Hmm. 
Okay, we'll talk more about that. It's another podcast. Okay. Well, we, we, I'd like to hit on it a little bit because it's actually pretty interesting to me yeah. as well. Um, but today we're going to talk about m- menopause, not manopause. And, um, and I, I have not started, at least if, if I have, I don't know, um, the process or I don't even know. What do you call it? A stage? Yeah, well, you know, there's, um, there's different stages in a woman's life. Mm-hmm. That they go through major changes, puberty, mm-hmm. uh, pregnancy, mm-hmm. and then what we call the perimenopause and menopause. Okay. And that's when the hormones start to stop. That's actually the definition of menopause is when there is no more estrogen being produced by the ovaries. Okay. What's, what did you say pre-what? Well, there's a from 35 to 50 or whenever the estrogen stops... Mm-hmm. There's a a period where uh, the hormones go uh, up and down, and all kind of changes happen, and that's called the perimenopause. Okay. So you get a taste of normality, you get a taste of feeling good, you get a taste of of hot flashes, loss of sleep, a whole bevy of symptoms that lead up to this. Um, Frequently in the ages between 35 and 50, um, hormones can either be really high mm-hmm. and normal, mm-hmm. or they can drop down to uh, very, very low levels at times. You know, they fluctuate, which changes emotion. Uh, uh, at the same time, it makes it, there's a, an, an insulin resistance that happens. So pay, uh, women start to uh, gain weight, mm. put... Um, weight, especially in the midsection. They have hot flashes at times. Their sleep patterns get majorly disturbed. And of course, when you lose sleep and your serotonin levels drop, there's great emotional changes in this time. Mm-hmm. And this is also frequently when the, either the kids are, you know, teenagers and causing issues and are getting ready to go to college, or if they had a child uh, when they were older, um, they have the added stress of that. So mm-hmm. it's a tough time. So 35 to 50, you can have these symptoms before the, yeah. the real thing. It's the perimenopause. Perimenopause. And, but they're, they're evanescent. They, they come and they go, mm. which even makes it tougher because sometimes it's good mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not. Some women uh, go through very smoothly, mm-hmm. and in some it's an extremely rocky time. I've never, ever in all my life heard of perimenopause. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's termed the pre-menopause. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's like when an infertility or, you know, a fertility-challenged patient comes in mm-hmm. and you check their day three estrogens. Well, they're like in a 20-year-old, they would be like 100. In a, in a 40-year-old, they may be 250. So estrogens can go very, very high. We kind of call it the... You know, the ovaries last hurrah over these 10-year period. <laughs> and when that happens, mm-hmm. um, you know, you sleep and you feel good. Mm-hmm. But then when they plummet and they're not functioning, you may have uh, hot flashes through the night. Um, you may have to urinate more frequently. You may notice that, you know, none of your clothes are fitting around the waist anymore. Mm-hmm. 
and it's it's a major change. So so does diet and I mean, do, do, is there anything we're doing as women to contribute to the perimenopause? Is there, are there things that we do that make it worse? Whether it's our, you know a lack of more sleep, like not getting to bed on time, or not having the right diet, or or drinking too much, or I mean, are we contributing to it as well? Well, you know, um, carbohydrates, mm -hmm. sugars mm -hmm. contribute. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Salt contributes. Mm -hmm. These will be periods of more fluid retention. Mm -hmm. uh, there'll be uh, great fluctuations in carbohydrate metabolism. I mentioned, you know, old Dr. Atkins figured it out a long time ago mm -hmm. when he uh, knew that carbohydrates were probably the issue uh, as a woman becomes more insulin resistant. And this is a genetically driven thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, during this perimenopausal period, there'll be more insulin resistance. So, you know, when you were 20, if you ate X amount of carbs, it took Y amount of insulin. Mm -hmm. Well, at 40, when you eat X amount of carbs, it's taking 20 Y amount of insulin. Oh, wow. And insulin sends everything to storage, especially in the midsection. Mm -hmm. And it's just a, such a common finding and complaint uh, of women in this perimenopausal period. Mm -hmm. That they're starting to gain weight in their yeah. stomach. Yeah. This uh, central, I won't call it obesity, just mm -hmm. uh, weight gain, mm -hmm. where their clothes don't fit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they'll uh, present in the office, I work out, I'm not eating any differently than I was, I've cut my carbs, but I'm still getting thick. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they don't like it because you don't want to buy clothes like that. And, Right. It's depressing. <laughs> right, right. So, Especially uh, when you're trying yeah. so hard. Exactly. Okay, I never knew that. So what's so funny about you saying that is over the last five years, I mean, I've never, ever gained weight in my stomach. Like if I was going to gain weight, it'd go in my legs or my butt. And over the last five years, if I gain weight, the first place it goes is my stomach. Yeah. And so that yeah. sounds like it's pretty normal. Well, it sounds like you're, you're normal. <laughs> God, when you think about this, like you said, women go through all these stages. Like we start at puberty, you know, guys have to go through that as well. But then we've got to go through pregnancy. Then we, as soon as we're done having our babies or maybe even not having, not being done, if, if women are older and having children, we're going through para, paramenopause. Then we go through menopause. I mean, as a OB, do you feel like, are you often just like, these poor women <laughs> like having to go like the our bodies go through so much yeah it's it's kind of like a menopausal ministry yeah because I bet. um depression will come into play also because they're also not not feeling as um as sexual mm -hmm. uh, their libido may be down and sometimes it's self-image sometimes it's just hormone mm-hmm uh, <clears throat> their, um, you know, uh, their the husband's libido is not mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that's driven mainly by testosterone, which is usually uh, travels further in a life than estrogen does in a woman. Mm -hmm. And um, this leads to depression and, and feeling inadequate, and their self images are bad, and so it's 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 a real it's a real issue. Mm -hmm. What what percent would you say, Dr. Bertan, of your patients who go through menopause, even perimenopause, struggle with 
some at some point that those feelings of depression, anxiety that they that they've never had before. More than more than half. More more than half of them come out come into that depressive mode. And um, you know, they uh, they look to cures. Mm-hmm. You know, how can you help me? Mm-hmm. And um, you can either you can take kind of two paths at this point. You can help with serotonin levels, mm-hmm. or you can help with hormonal levels. Mm-hmm. And then you know the hormonal level question opens up another uh, another area where then what kind of hormones? What kind of administration? Uh, there's so much out there. Well, my friends down the street do this. Well, my doctor said to do this. Mm-hmm. But I Googled and it said to do this. And uh, mm-hmm. it's very confusing. Oh, I'm so sure. So you, you try to simplify it for them, help them make choices, and then follow up. Uh, frequently, it, we started out talking about nutrition. Nutrition's important mm-hmm. in every part of your life. You are what you eat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, not not cutting your carbs out because you need them during the day, but you don't need them so much at night. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise is a great um, is a great adjunct. Yeah, for sure. To build serotonin, and uh, you know, I really hope we don't cut out daylight savings. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Because <laughs> uh, sunlight mm-hmm. uh, is, is a great builder of serotonin. Mm. So, um, you know, all of these things, you, you talk about the basics of nutrition. One of the biggest ones that, that we haven't listed, though, but we've spoken of is sleep. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, frequently when a woman is pregnant, she can't get comfortable. She can't sleep. The high progesterone levels break up the sleep patterns. And then uh, when she's in the perimenopause, or post, or she's definitely menopausal. Waking up every two hours, no REM sleep, uh, mm. having to empty her overactive bladder, um, having the hot flash, you know, throwing the covers off, turning the uh, <laughs> turning the HVAC down to 60, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, freezing you. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That those those are all, you know, very, very difficult things uh, in a woman's life. And to get back to what you said, I do feel very very compassionate, empathetic, and sorry for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't experience it myself, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. but I know they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, I mean, I don't, I think I cry almost every single time I come into your office for one reason or another. And uh, I mean, it's, it is not, it's just not easy. You know, no. it's not always easy. And, no. and, I mean, I remember when I was married uh, and in my early 20s, I remember my husband saying, please, when you, when you turn 40, don't turn crazy like all of our moms. And I laughed because it was true. Like we were watching our moms and our friends' moms get a little crazy, yeah. you know, and we didn't know what that was about. And I mean, clearly... I mean, it's it's just a the the pressures of being a woman are real, um, and and then the body image stuff is very real, and then you put on top of it all the things that are completely out of our control, like serotonin levels and our estrogen yeah. changing, and we can't we can't control well, that. Your serotonin level is so much genetic too. If you get the gene for depression, it it happens so quickly. Mm. 
So you try to focus in these patients on the basics first. You've got to get some sleep. You've got to get them sleeping, mm-hmm. uh, nutrition, exercise, and then uh, counseling of appropriate along with serotonin replenishment and then hormones. Mm-hmm. There's the question of when, if, and how hormones are instituted. And I do want to talk about that, but before we do, I want to know, um, okay, so I obviously, like now that I've had this conversation with you, I can see that I have had probably glimpses or whatever, the up and down, the perimenopausal. How do I know when, I mean, I'm sure that I will know when I am in menopause. <laughs> if y'all could see Dr. Bertrand's face, you would giggle right now. <laughs> That's not true. I want you- <laughs> so I guess when I'm there, I'll know. Well, you what? May, tell me all the things that happen. What am I? What's going to happen to me? I mean, know, you hear horror stories. Well, we used to think it was a big deal to know, and we checked hormone levels at every visit because we replaced everyone with estrogen. Oh, everyone. I mean, that was a normal thing we did. What, is that just a blood draw? It was a blood draw. Okay. Yeah, and uh, with that huge study called the Women's Health Initiative. We're about 16 years from it now. Mm-hmm. But uh, it made us change our whole theory of that. So basically, in an orthodox approach, you replace estrogen when there's hot flashes or vaginal dryness. Uh, those are the main two things, at least that the FDA sees. Uh, your, your question of um, how do we know or what... You, you don't know unless you do a blood test. Oh, really? And yeah, you can check an FSH and an E2. The point is, is we don't have to know anymore. Mm. It's physiologic for this to happen. Mm. And unless we need to treat and find out how we want to approach the patient mm-hmm. in treatment, then we'll, we'll do the testing. Mm-hmm. So you just said, my, I'm going to get dry. <laughs> I'm going to get cranky. I'm going to lose sleep. I'm going to have hot flashes. If all those things are happening to, happening oh, to me. Oh, and don't forget gaining weight in the midsection. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I look forward to. Is that when I'm like, oh, I'm going through menopause? Yeah. Well, you can say I'm either starting the process, mm-hmm. and, and at times this happens, and at times I'm okay, mm-hmm. or, yeah, I mean, this this may be it, and I want to know. Mm-hmm. And then you can do blood testing and find out exactly where your levels are. And how long does how long does menopause last? Well, the defi- remember the definition is when you don't make estrogen anymore. And so it's totally forever. And so, so once you start the process, you're in it. Menopause <laughs> is quick; it's a second. <laughs> okay. Because you're going to quit producing estrogen, uh-huh. and then it, if that is truly that the ovaries are through and they're just not sleeping for a while, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it lasts for the rest of your life. And okay, so what were you? Gonna I was going to say about uh, about one third of patients um, will continue to have hot flashes and vaginal issues. About two thirds will have them for three to five years, and then they will ameliorate. You know, they, they will get better. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. Uh-huh. And that's why, um, you know, sometimes we only have to support people hormonally for, you know, several years um, because, and then they can do a sabbatical and see if they still need it and see if they still have symptoms. 
how does it come? How do you get that those things back if you're not producing estrogen? Well, you don't you don't get those things back. Uh, the the dryness stays. Vag, mm-hmm. Vaginal atrophy and vaginal dryness will stay, mm-hmm. but you may not have really bad hot flashes. Okay. okay, and they may burn out, and you're sleeping okay, and you just not need estrogen for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all these things start happening to me, and what I know I know there's a lot of like you said there's a lot of different treatments there's a lot of different philosophies there's a lot of different solutions. And I'm sure, like like you said, that one patient said, okay, I heard one thing, my neighbor's doing another, my best friend's doing another, my mom said another, and I read on the internet, what, but I need you to tell me what to do. What, what, is, what do you recommend to your patients? Well, a lot of patients will come in with predetermined uh, angles that they want to follow. Mm-hmm. If they don't, then um, I talk to them about estrogen. Mm-hmm. Your body makes three estrogens. Two are made in the peripheral adipose tissue. Where's that? Fat. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's the really bad F word that I didn't want to say. Like, is that in my brain? Is that in my vagina? Where is that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're made peripherally. Okay. And the, uh, the ovaries uh, make estradiol which is the estrogen that is replaced in bioidentical uh, estrogen replacement therapies. So basically, you replace estrogen, and you can say, and there's estrogen to be replaced, there's progesterone that your ovary used to make, and then there's testosterone that your adrenal make that also goes down. Jeez. Yeah. And uh, there's different theories about testosterone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go online and read about BioT, and you know a lot of women are getting pellets. Mm-hmm. And we found that you know there's a there's a really a positive effect for about six months to a year, mm-hmm. and then after that it seems to go away, and they seem to kind of need it to survive, but they don't have the punch mm. that it gave them over that first year. So the orthodox approach would be not to give women testosterone. Okay, but Certainly, if they go online or to a lot of doctors who are doing pellet therapy, and I think they really believe in what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it just, um, it, you just have to know it doesn't always work for any length of time. When you replace estrogen, you can either say, well, I'm going to get it from the pharmacy mm-hmm. uh, as a prescription, mm-hmm. or I'm going to... Um, have the pharmacist, the apothecarist, mix it up for me. Hmm. What's and, an apothecarist? I don't know. Who well, before pharmacy, before pharmaceutical companies, the uh, uh, you know all the surgeons were uh, barbers that cut hair, and all of the uh, medicines came from herbs, and the apothecarist put them together. They were all homeopathic, what oh, we would call okay. it today. Okay. Okay. So drug companies make bioidentical hormones, which a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of pharmacies that are compounding pharmacies that make hormones. I did not know that. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you have to decide kind of which route you want to follow. Mm-hmm. One is FDA supervised. And, you know, not always does the government do a good job of supervising anything. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, some people want that reassurance, mm-hmm. and then some people like to trust their compounding pharmacist. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then there's the era, there's the realm of synthetic estrogens, which are synthesized from bio compounds, sometimes like, I know this sounds kind of strange, but from uh, harsh urine. Um, it's actually where primarin comes from. What? I don't know what primarin is. Primarin is an estrogen. It's a brand okay. name. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, for a synthetic estrogen. And it comes from horse it's a. It does. Pregnant mares. They, uh, they actually glean it. Uh, they have... I think most of it comes out of France, but uh, that is unbelievable. Yeah, that's been around for a long, long time, and that's where all the studies were done with Primarin, actually, mm. in the Women's Health Initiative. So uh, they can decide on whether they want a synthetic approach. Bioidentical always has the moniker of seeming safer, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's totally not necessarily true because mm. none of the studies have been done with it. Uh, Natural also has that same moniker, quote, natural. I have mm-hmm. quotation marks around that. Right. Those are both kind of marketing terms. So it's like choosing the oil for your car, kind of? <laughs> you want to well, I only use synthetic. synthetic car. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, we could talk about cars. <laughs> the comparison I can draw to a car's right you know. Okay, I don't know what a pellet is. Well, a pellet is uh, placed every four to six months, and uh, most of they can have all estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Frequently, the pellets that are placed have testosterone in them. And uh, that's one of the reasons, not only carbohydrate metabolism, but the, a woman's androgen goes down as she gets into this perimenopause. Mm-hmm. I don't know what androgen is. Androgen is the male hormone, testosterone. Oh, oh okay. And that goes down, and so her muscle mass goes down. Gosh, now i got to worry about that, too. And, you know, muscle burns... <laughs> more good news. <laughs> m- muscle burns that F word much more uh, a- a- adequately at night, like even when you sleep. That's why if, if, you, uh, you, know, if you muscle up, you're, you're actually your meta- metabolic rate goes up so that, that you burn things even while you're resting. Mm-hmm. But, so is a pellet is something that's put inside of you? Yeah, it's kind of like starting an IV. Okay. It's, uh, it looks like a grain of rice, mm. maybe a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's put in your subcutaneous tissue, usually in the abdomen. Mm. The problem is with a pellet, too, is that if you, don't, if you have a reaction to it, you can't get it out. Oh, gosh. Yeah. What kinds of reactions do people have? Oh, they can get a local reaction to it, you know, with redness and irritation. They can feel <laughs> poorly. And, uh, but you know, the, the reassurance is in four to six months, you'll be better. Oh my gosh, that's awful. <laughs> if you do, a lot of, a lot of women will swear by it. And mm-hmm. I have patients that really love it. Uh, I, I haven't really seen a lot of people be hurt by it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I know that, uh, we just finished a series of lectures, uh, from UT Southwestern with the chief of endocrinology there, who is very much opposed uh, to this type of therapy. FDA has not approved it, although they've not been able to halt it. Um, it's just interesting. Uh, the, the estrogen that's in the pellet has been a- approved by the FDA. Mm-hmm. It's just not the delivery system. Okay, the pellet itself. Yeah, and when, and when you can deliver estrogen uh, not only by pellet subcutaneously, but transmucosally, like in the vagina, mm-hmm are rubbing on your skin transdermally or even orally. Mm. Um, and of course there's intramuscular too, you know, you can give shots, but mm. um, you, you tend to wonder why you have to have a pellet when you can, you know, rub it on each day. And if, if you do have a reaction or you don't like it, you just stop then. Yeah. You know. 
that seems way less yeah. intrusive. It, it, it does to me. <laughs> but I, again, there are, there are people who will, if you ask, you know, that one of the avenues we took was ask your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And you may have a neighbor that just loves it. So just, just know it. that's out there, yeah. So it, when, when a woman goes through menopause, I mean, is there just to be prepared for those of us who haven't gone, aren't out of estrogen completely yet. Um, I mean, is it pretty, is it, it sounds not fun at all. Like, does everybody need to be prepared that this is just not going to be that much fun? You know, like we talked about, there's probably over half the patients that have some uh, turbulence, I call. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, t- I compare it to uh, a warm and cold air turbulence in the airplane. Mm-hmm. It's disquieting. You're going to land okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need white knuckles. Uh, and then if you need treatment, uh, don't be afraid to try it. If you don't like the treatment, you can always stop, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But the addition of uh, hormones mm-hmm. that we've talked about, mm-hmm. the um, addition of selective serotonin. I, I like to call them serotonin drugs because no one likes to be on an antidepressant because right. no one wants to be depressant. Right. Depressed, but what these drugs are, they just keep you from destroying your own serotonin. Mm-hmm. And we have some very specific ones now that just deal with the problems you have and don't cause weight gain and decrease libido and all the things that you don't want out of an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Are, are a majority of the women that you see who experience turbulence, did they go through a period where they try the serotonin or they do the serotonin and then is there a period where they can get off of it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, you never get off of it at holidays. <laughs> you never get off of it in the wintertime. Mm. But that wonderful daylight savings time is when you want to start and then you do it over a three-month time. Mm-hmm. So you slowly wean. Now, during the weaning process, they may find this is not a good idea. Mm. And if they think it's, you know, that lets you know, well, maybe we can just stay with a lower dose or mm-hmm. um, may, maybe we cannot discontinue at this time. So we try again later. If your serotonin levels are low, is that something that can be detected in a blood test? No. No. I mean, maybe an esoteric test, but it's not something that we routinely screen for. Okay. Okay. It's, it's done by symptoms. Okay. You know it because of Genes how, how you Genes and symptoms. Yeah, you can usually do a genetic you know, you don't have to do a 23andMe, but you can talk about, well, mom was depressed and both my aunts were and my grandmother was. And mm-hmm. It's usually a gene that runs through a family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank mom and dad. <laughs> for everything. Yeah, thanks, mom. <laughs> you know, one of the benefits of, of you being my mother's doctor is... I come in and you're like, yep. I mean, just in my last visit, you were. Yeah, your, your mother was a sweetheart and she was absolutely the most positive, one of the most wonderful patients I've had. Well, she was a party. Yeah. She was a party in the pocket. That's for sure. She was. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> she was. She was fabulous. Yeah. I miss her all the time. I yeah. miss her all the time. Me t- I miss my mom. We should talk about our moms. I know. <laughs> That's way better than menopause. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was born when my mom was 40, and she always told me she was going to outlive all those young moms, and she lived to 100. She did. She did? Yeah, Your she mom did. lived to be 100? Yeah. She, how? Okay, so was she like 100 and how many months when she passed away? 
Well, she was born in October of 11 and passed in 2011 in November. She was a um, uh, hundred and a month. month. Yeah. That's amazing. Was she sick? I don't know. Um, she really kind of passed from just really old age. She, I was at a cowboy game and she was at the nursing station, but she wouldn't go get in bed. And she said she was tired. And when I got there, she uh, went and got in her bed and uh, held my hand and just said that she was tired and she was going to go home and got this kind of a uh, blank stare kind of got and then I said I'll be okay and she squeezed my hand and that was it really yeah she kind of called her own shot on it I want to die like that, <laughs> that like, that's like the perfect that life put tears in my eyes that's the no sweetest. it was yeah we were I was with her she would not even get in bed until I got back and oh. uh that was it. That is the so. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. How many How many children are in your family? I know how many children you have, and I'll ask that next because people will freak. Do I have to talk about it? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how many children did you grow it up It was by? just me and my brother. My brother okay. was uh, almost 17 years older than me, and he's passed now. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was, uh, he was in the Army. uh he was a uh, cadet colonel of the Corps at A&M, and he was a great guy. Wow. Yeah. Was he a doctor, too? No. No, he uh, uh, was a business major, and he helped run my dad's restaurant. My dad was a restaurant owner in Waco. Oh. And that's where you grew up? Yeah. I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah. And then... Waco's a famous place. <laughs> I know. For a, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> I know. I actually like Waco. Yeah, me too. I've been to a couple of weddings there, and I have so yeah, much fun. It's cool. Okay, and you have... Well, I have uh, 13 children. <laughs> Kevin, did you hear that? <laughs> I have... He has 13 children. Are you serious? <laughs> I, I thought you were just messing around. No! <laughs> well, that's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that happens. That's hilarious. Uh, uh, I have, uh, I have uh, two stepdaughters, but I had the opportunity to be a, a major part of their raising life. And uh, I have 11 biologic children, but that divides into nine daughters and four sons. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. You're such a good dad. <laughs> well, I, I'm hoping they think no, that. So, I, think, I think they probably One of my daughters that. is a nurse practitioner. Uh, well, I have a, I have doctors and nurses and, and our attorneys in the group, but uh, one of my a daughters, football team, yeah, <laughs> is a nurse practitioner who actually uh, does the dermatology in our practice now. So I get to even, oh really? Yeah, I'm even working with her on a daily basis. So oh, I don't. It's think a lot I, of fun. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, Emily. She works in the. She in works the place at Walnut Mexico. Hill. She's she works upstairs in our image renew. Oh, okay. Kind of runs it now. She's um, does both cosmetic and medical derm. Okay, so when people are done, when people get to the other side or there is no done of menopause, do you think that the symptoms really do get better? Do you think that, that new pathways, neuropathways are created and everybody just kind of learns to live with this is my new normal? Yeah, part of it probably is the transitional mm -hmm. hit that mm -hmm. you take. And then uh, once things kind of level out, mm -hmm. It's really pretty smooth. It's you know it's thirty-seven thousand feet with uh, no turbulence. It's uh, you can take a nap and and the, the hot flash. Pretty much the sleep patterns can get better. Mm -hmm. 
like I said, we have all kind of things for vaginal atrophy that are hormonal and non-hormonal, both. I don't know what vaginal atrophy means. That's when it hurts when you have sex. Oh. Is that vaginal dryness? Are those dryness. two things uh-huh. the dryness same thing? Dryness is atrophy okay. and the same thing. Okay, okay. We have, we have just all kind of treatments for that. and um, That actually work? It does, yeah. yeah. That sounds miserable. <laughs> is it miserable? <laughs> well, about the same time that the woman's vagina is getting dry, the her male counterpart, if if that's her partner, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's not quite like he used to be either. <laughs> and so it all kind of works out. <laughs> used to be like sometimes putting an oyster in a slot machine, but uh, it, <laughs> you might want to strike that oh, from the uh, from the podcast. No <laughs> that is so. So what you do is you learn to kind of laugh and uh, enjoy each other and, uh, you know. Well, you know what? It, it is what it is. It is. It is what it is. And I know that's not that profound, but it's it's you're not the only person that, no. that it's happening to. And everybody's experiencing it to some degree, to right. some level. Were you going to ask something, Kevin? Oh, yeah, I was just curious. But, I mean, there are you, there are treatments that work, you know, for both sides in terms of... Oh, yeah. You know, Kevin's like, can, when this well, happens yeah, to me... I'm like, <laughs> I used to have patients, how bad is this going to get? I used to have patients come in and say, I just wish that... Uh, of course, all my patients are female, and they wish that, you know, the little blue pill was never was never developed. Oh, know? gotcha. Yeah. Because <laughs> it works too well. Uh, <laughs> like, we got to do something it's about just that. Hard. It's difficult for women and too easy for men. You know? Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, they need to make the placebo pill for the, for the women to take home to the man and switch it, switch it out. <laughs> well, then he'd be on the antidepressant. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Okay. Speaking of the man, what what is the... What is the male? What are the male cycles? I mean, if they well, go through puberty, we talked about puberty. Obviously, right. there's no pregnancy for the man, but his androgen levels, the testosterone androgen mm-hmm. levels, are probably highest in his late teens and twenties. Mm-hmm. After that, it's downhill. And, and just year uh, yeah, after year, in his thirties, he'll start noticing that maybe uh, once out of so many times, it's just kind of not working like it did, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, you know, for a man, it's much simpler. Um, you know, it's like uh, a lot of women think their libido is low, but, you know, then I'll talk with them and they'll say, I'll, I'll ask the question, well, how long is uh, your foreplay? Mm-hmm. And they're going, what? <laughs> <laughs> what did you, what word was that? <laughs> so mm-hmm. the way, it, you, you know, the way they're romancing and mm-hmm. the... Um, the foreplay. The things that led up to mm-hmm. the sexual act are kind of absent. Mm-hmm. And it really takes something emotionally, visual. I mean, w- women like to be romanced. Mm-hmm. Men like Say to... Say that again louder. Romanced. <laughs> Men like to ejaculate. <laughs> <laughs> you are so true. No, like, it is. is so it is. True. Now, I, I hope, I, I, you know, I don't want to profile everyone in the when I say this, but for the most part. Yeah. And then, you know, it's maybe five minutes and he's snoring. She's getting up to go to the bathroom, to empty her bladder, to clean up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, and she wonders why, well, why do I not want to? Mm-hmm. And then in the, in the perimenopause, it may at times start to hurt. Mm-hmm. And then, and then she comes in saying, something's wrong with me. Can you fix me? Mm-hmm. 
and uh, my husband thinks something's wrong with me. Mm. Well, uh, and then we have a, a really good counseling program that they go to that teaches men that, you know, different bed sheets in a hotel, uh, a, a good movie sometimes, uh, a period of romancing may be still required mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. to uh, create the mood. Mm -hmm. Not just on, uh, not less like going to church on Easter Sunday, not not just uh, on your anniversary, but right. maybe if right. um, you want to create the mood, you have to work at it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so for men, puberty, not not puberty, and then uh, decreasing androgen levels is really all that pretty much men deal with. Of course, they have depression like uh, women. You know, is that because of their progesterone? Is that also starting in the 30s, typically? Uh, you know, it, it depends on their stress cycle. And when they run out of serotonin, um, it, it, just, it just depends. Uh, and then frequently, men will get certain medications. You know, they may get an antihypertensive. They may get a beta blocker. Mm. In their 40s, they start having medical problems. All these drugs also affect them mm -hmm. and their performance. Uh, sometimes the... Um, you know, the, uh, the, the blue pill drugs mm -hmm. um, will also uh, lower their blood pressure mm -hmm. to the point where, you know, they, they may have sex and then stand up and feel like they're going to pass out because they're on a beta blocker and an antihypertensive, and then they've taken that. So that's why they always say, well, be sure and clear it with your doctor, you know, mm -hmm. if you're okay for sex. And, of course, the guy says, well, that's not true. I'm dead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I may get a lot of you may get a lot of feedback from me on this one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, it's it's really guys guys really do. Kevin, Doctor Bertrand, y'all have it so much easier. I mean, you really do when it comes to like your body changing. But I guess it's good to know Definitely. that. No, we really do. Yeah, we really do. Yeah, it's true. It is true. And yeah. so, if you're a guy and you're listening to this, be compassionate. Don't forget romance. And romance, yeah. for sure. Eye contact. For sure. Um, being, just being sweet. Going out to eat, being sweet, mm -hmm. being considerate. Mm -hmm. Those are what really gets a woman's attention. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really true. Um, I can hear the other people in my practice now going, you know, he's giving all his secrets away. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, uh, my therapist, Janice Gant, is always in here doing podcast with me just here yesterday yeah she was here yesterday and um she always says like women want to be adored they just yeah. want to be adored like if if you want great sex adore her yeah really you know take care of her um mm -hmm. get you know get her drinks at night i mean mm -hmm. not alcohol i'm talking about but if she <laughs> yeah. needs some you know she needs yeah. a, if she needs take something care of her. take care of her yeah mm -hmm. Those are all uh, languages of love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That really do speak to right. a woman. Yeah. Janice also says, stop slapping her ass. It's not cute. <laughs> <laughs> or do well, something. I wouldn't know about that. With the slapping of the ass. <laughs> Romance and then slap her ass. But at least don't just do that. I mean, it, it was really good advice. I would think that's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Bertrand, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Just privilege. Such a gift to so many, and and I I know you're 
you helped me a lot today. I mean, no, I, I'm completely in the dark about menopause. The, really, the only thing that I've ever heard is you're going to get crazy, you're going to get fat, and and your your vagina is going to get real dry, and sex is going to become miserable. And well, I, I hope that women hear from this that it helps them in that they know that there's help. Yeah. And that all these things can be treated. Yeah. And that they're not crazy. This is physiologic. Yeah. And um, I think that's probably that the helps. most profound thing is right. that you're not crazy mm-hmm. because, I mean, I have felt crazy and I'm not even This in is it. part of the process. Yeah. The journey through life. Yeah. 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 The good, the good, the bad, the ugly. The good, the bad, and the treatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dr. B, thank you. You bet. Thank you for listening to The Remedy with Tova Seedle. To get more information, sponsor an episode, or contribute to this program, please visit us online at tovacito.com slash podcast or find us on social media.